you can get any hot beverage for $1 with the 7-Eleven app. Wait, any hot beverage? Any hot beverage you want for just $1. Even a pumpkin spice latte? <sighs> Even a pumpkin spice latte. But are you judging me because I'm a man who PSLs? Mostly I'm judging you because you're rooting for the other team. But also because you can get any hot beverage at any size for $1 with your 7-Eleven app and you only get a pumpkin spice latte. Hey man, I like what I like. 7-Eleven, be game day ready. Plus tax where applicable, valid at participating locations. Hey, I'm Chris. And I'm Dakota. You've spent your week with your head in the clouds, and now it's time for us to bring you <gasps> Down, Down to, to Nerd. Nerd. Nice. That's clean. That was, that was clean and high-pitched. Very high-pitched, indeed. Hey, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Down to Nerd. Uh, my name's Chris, and I am joined with my esteemed co-host and friend, Dakota. How you doing, Dakota? Hey, I'm very well, and I hope that you're doing as well as well. A lot of wells there, but uh, I I am good. Thanks. <laughs> Help! Get me out of this well! <laughs> oh, Lassie! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us, uh, guys. This week, uh, we're going to jump into a little bit of a topic that I'm not sure everybody will be familiar with uh, as of now, but I think by the end of this year will be a topic worth discussing uh, quite a bit. Uh, amongst Mac users specifically. Uh, what I am talking about here is Project Marzipan. Uh, Project Marzipan has been happening at Apple for quite some time now. Uh, basically what it is, is Apple is in the process of making a system that is very easy to convert iPad and iPhone apps uh, to the Mac. With that being said, uh we're already kind of starting to experience Marzipan. So mm -hmm. with the release of Mac OS 10.14 Mojave, uh, the home app news voice memos, and uh, there's one other, it escapes me at the moment. Um, but basically there are already a few apps on the Mac that are using Marzipan in which they are just straight ports of iPad apps that have gone through this Marzipan system uh, that has made them ready to rock and roll and run natively on the Mac. Now, what's pretty interesting about that, if you're not a big, you know, Apple nerd like we are, is Apple uses ARM-based processors where that they customize greatly uh, on iPhones and iPads, uh, as well as the Apple TV and Apple Watch. Uh, the Mac has been using Intel since uh, 2006. So with that being said, it, there's a big difference in the architecture. But uh, come this fall, with the release of macOS 10.15, who knows what it'll be called, uh, this Project Marzipan is slated to be completed, in which iPad and iPhone apps should be able to be easily ported by developers to the Mac, which really will change the entire game, you know, as far as, you know, what has been a very dormant uh, app store over on the Mac. Uh, how do you feel about it, Dakota? Uh, I think I think we've see, kind of seen the the maybe not the droppings or you know maybe we've seen the we've seen the writing on the wall for a while. Um, I think the first you know kind of taste uh, was honestly messages. You know when they when they changed messages or iMessage 
um, to just messages on the Mac, you know, that was, or what was it before? It was just the messages app, but now, you know, since they rebranded it, um, we've seen oh, it's it. called iChat. iChat. It's been so long. I Those totally were the days, forgot. man. Yeah, dude, iChat. Um, you know, but then we've also seen the uh, revamping of photos, you know, which is which looks so similar, you know, to the photos app on your phone, um, you know, uh, rest in peace, iPhoto. Um, but now we're seeing these I, I would I don't want to, like, say that they're stripped down, but like, man, I could do a lot more in iPhoto than I ever could in photos. And that was, you know, years ago. But but they're stripping it down to make them compatible. And I think the most notable one is they've changed the Mac app. You know, it used to be the Mac app store. Now it's just app store. So they're really making that unified experience to make it similar on both devices. And, you know, with continuity coming up with, if you have a newer um, machine with a newer iDevice, um, that continuity is so cool. You can be in the middle of typing a message or an email on your phone. You go, wait a minute, I want to be on my big screen. Go to your iPad, go to your laptop. Boom, you hit the little thing in the corner right next to your finder and or I guess wherever you have your dock, but it's it just pulls it up and pulls the text and it's really, really cool. So I think it's I think it's been in the works for a while, but I'm excited for it. I don't have anything that's new enough to probably utilize it yet because my 2011 MacBook Pro just went down, and I'm working on Kylie's 2012, which is running Mojave uh, fine. But I Marzipan might be a stretch for it, especially since they're moving, you know, all to the custom integrated chips. Maybe that's going to be like the true experience is when everything's built internally and. A lot of the Intel stuff might not make the cut. Right. Well, you know, I, I think the hopeful thing is, though, because I even think your 2012 should have some variant of an i5 in there, right? Uh, like I can check right now. I think it had an i5 back in the day. Yeah, it's got a, it's got an i5. Gosh, well, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be able to meet the mark. You know, it's... You know, Intel's on a completely different architecture, but I would really hope, you know, especially seeing with what we saw with iOS 12, you know, and well, not necessarily Mojave, but uh, High Sierra Mac OS 10.13 is that that love and support for legacy Apple products. Mm, Uh, And I mean, it would be nice to see this supported all the way back on your 2012 MacBook Pro. Yeah, and it and it and it may, and that'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, but maybe maybe there'll be like a developer requirement. Like if I if I wanted to play Fortnite on my computer, you know, it's got to be running like tech specs. You know, a certain amount of tech specs that you know we've almost kind of gone away with with digital or mobile gaming. Like I haven't I haven't had a game or any app that I haven't been able to download on my phone. I've never been like, oh, you must be running. Or maybe I saw an update. It was like, oh, you know, oh, sorry, guys, we're losing support for iOS 9. You know, that iOS 9 was so long ago. I, there can't be that many devices still running on that. Well, maybe in our world um, that would be running that legacy software. But, you know, maybe we'll see the same thing here. It's like, hey, maybe you have to have a minimum of, you know, iOS or Mac OS 10.15.2 you know, to be able to run this, or I, I'm not sure how they would, you know, do the processor requirements, or maybe 
they'll bring it down so low just because they've been running on mobile devices for so long. And hopefully your, um, you know, laptop or home computer has enough horsepower to be able to run pretty much anything. Well, I would think so. You know, it's just kind of where you're going in the vein of, you know, the processors that we find in the iPhone and the iPad, it's it's really interesting. If you look at the most current iPad Pro, you know, the one that it looks like straight out of the future or Star oh, those Trek are or beasts. what have you, uh, they are totally beast. The A12X Bionic chip that is inside of the iPad Pro, which is an ARM-based processor, but completely manufactured and curated by Apple, and Geekbench benchmark tests outperforms the MacBook Pro 15-inch with Touch Bar with a Intel Core i7 processor inside of it. Oh, jeez. Uh, which is just crazy because, you know, obviously you look at something like the iPad Pro, which I think the 11-inch retails at $899 for. I mean, which is expensive, you know, don't get me wrong, but the processor cost is considerably lower per unit when compared mm-hmm. to something like in, you know, a mobile core I seven, which could be on its own six, seven, $800 directly from Intel, you know? Right. So that, I mean, the processor cost, you know, that's going into these computers equals, you know, Apple's premium product out on the market right now with like the iPad pro. So uh, it really, you know, goes to show that hopefully project Mars pain will scale nicely, but, uh, I really think the biggest thing that it shows as far as, you know, the, the architecture going between the two, and I don't know if it'll be this year, but when will Apple start making their own processors for the Mac and just completely moving away from Intel? You know, uh, I'm sure it takes a longtime Apple fanboys like Dakota or I to know, but uh, way back when, literally starting from the original Mac in 1984, all the way up until about 2005, creeping into 2006, Apple used uh, IBM and Motorola's PowerPC processors uh, mm-hmm. inside of their Macs. And that was it. And that was the way to go. That was the way of the future. And well, the I'm sorry, boy, this could be a real bad tangent. <laughs> but <laughs> um, basically, the PowerPC G5 processor, uh, IBM, Motorola, and Apple all worked together. They got this chip. Uh, it was going to be the next big thing, the greatest thing ever, and it, they just couldn't make it work. It ran hotter than a nuclear reactor, it seemed like. Uh, it just had a lot of problems, and Apple uh, really, who had been secretly making sure that Mac OS would be compatible with Intel processors since about 2002... Uh, it got to a point where they're like, oh, we got to switch over to Intel. PowerPC just isn't the way of the future anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you've looked in the news lately, Intel isn't doing so hot lately. Uh, really, the direct competitor AMD, or if you look at the ARM-based processes like Apple's been working with, are starting to run circles around what Intel's doing in terms of innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like they've plateaued a little bit, you know, since... Uh... Oh, what was the last one that I remembered? Like the Honeywell or Lake Honey? Oh, shoot. They named them. I keep forgetting. But yeah, they've almost like plateaued. Like they're not, we're not seeing these crazy increases in performance year over year like we were seeing up until, I don't know, maybe like 2017. And that's probably when Apple started. I mean, I'm sure they did it way before. 
um, you know, in, in developing internally. And then maybe that's a tangent. I think we talked about it before, but Apple seems to be vertically integrating all of their services, not only their hardware, uh, but their software and entertainment and all their digital content. They're siloing themselves off and not, you know, relying on other companies anymore to like bring the content or bring the uh, manufacturing. It's interesting. Yeah, no, and you're definitely right. I mean, you look at uh, the Apple Watch, the Apple TV, the iPhone, the iPad, uh, the HomePod. I know I'm like the only person I know that owns a HomePod, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. <laughs> yeah. um, they are all running on custom Apple Silicon. Now, the manufacturing process, I have to add, though, is done you know, by outside sources. Apple like they develop the chips in house and the hardware in house, but then it's manufactured oh, it's by manufactured. another company. Right. But uh, I digress. Literally, all of Apple's ecosystem is really controlled by those chips, with the exception of the Mac. Now mm-hmm. it started to creep in a little bit. Uh, if you look at the newest MacBook Pros with Touch Bar, uh, the iMac Pro, the new Mac Mini, um, those devices have a T2 chip inside of them, which basically to save you all the hubbub of what's going on there, basically it's an Apple A10X chip uh, modified to work inside of the Mac. Now, to give you an idea, that's what you had inside of your uh, first-gen iPad Pro I believe, and then it's, oh, it's modified off of what was in the iPhone 7, the A10 I think chip. I think that's also in the current, if you just got an iPad, you went somewhere and got an iPad, like six, is it the 6th gen? The, yep. the A10 is also in that as well, or yeah, the they, A10X. Correct. Well, it's the A10 and that. The A10X was only, I think, in the first gen iPad Pro. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, basically, they there is a chip you know, based off of the iPhone 7, the first-gen iPad Pro, inside of a few Macs right now. And I can't help but wonder what kind of role that's going to play Mm. with Marzipan coming out. Because really, to kind of capstone this whole thing, you know, as we're getting into it, is Apple, you know, well, I, I guess the way I look at it is, really, since, like, iOS 7, the iPad and iPhone have been getting more like the Mac, and since Mac OS Lion, the Mac has been getting more like the iPad. Mm-hmm. And we've been getting closer and closer and closer to, I think, about as close as of a convergence as Apple is going to get. And now we're getting to, like, the big kahuna, the Mac App Store being able to run iOS apps. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in some way. And to me, it just doesn't make any sense for Apple, like, sure, it's great that they're getting it to work on Intel processes in some way, but I feel like the real bread and butter is going to be when you can buy an Apple A whatever chip, you know, 13, 14, I don't know how the naming series is going to go, but inside of your Mac. And mm-hmm. to me, it just seems like that is totally the next step where you're going to have convergence across all platforms. And I really think it can change the game for the Mac, which is honestly been pretty dormant kind of in the second half of the 2010s yeah yeah and uh hopefully i mean we just we just had the imac refresh um just a few months ago or last month feels like months ago it does but (laughs) but yeah we'll see um hopefully i mean they usually update the hardware and then in anticipation for the new 
software update in the fall. So I guess we'll see what the current stuff can do. But um, that you got me thinking when you're, you know, mentioning that the T2 tip is basically an A10 chip. Um, but what if, what if that can just run an emulator? You know, that's running the iPad iOS emulator on the computer, and that's just how it's easily able to uh, run some of those iPad apps or the iPhone apps natively, you know, and easily. And that's the thing I've been thinking about, and I don't really know, like, how it would totally play out. Because the way they market the T2 chip is it's just a dedicated security chip inside of the Mac. Oh, yeah, but, that, you but know, they could has be this... doing all kinds of stuff with it, too. Right. It's like, could it be leading a secret double life? Because I, I just feel like <laughs> when we get <laughs> Marzipan, you know, or Project Marzipan, you know, comes into fruition and, you know, it floods into Macs uh, probably sometime this fall. I mean, it's going to be a big difference. I mean, you look at uh, just to kind of I'm not trying to go off on too far of a tangent, but like you look at Apple Arcade. Uh, I know we touched on it briefly in a previous podcast, but one of the things that like threw me for a loop that really made me feel like Project Marzipan must be like a totally real thing that is really refined in the next version of Mac OS is Apple Arcade will work on the Apple TV the iPhone, the iPad, which is great. They all run Apple's own processors, but then it's also going to be compatible with the Mac, which is just crazy town. Like, yeah. you know, because Instagram or Facebook or, you know, clear or a calendar app. Sure. Mm-hmm. You copy and paste your code in. Awesome. You know, and it works, but you're telling me that you're going to take a game that is, uh, I, I almost want to like, pinch myself because i'm saying this but like fortnite quality on a mobile platform (laughs) (laughs) but you're you're taking a game you know obviously that has a lot of moving parts and pieces and there's so many computations going on every second and you're just going to be able to run it through this program and all of a sudden it's going to be able to run just as well as it does on the iphone and ipad as it does on the mac Um, right I mean, that's just crazy to me. And and on a completely different architecture, not only a different operating system, but an entirely different processing platform, pardon me, but... Yeah, I I don't know. I think it'd be interesting, and there, maybe there'd be some requirements. I remember when they were bringing games to the Apple TV, wasn't there some, like, little like asterisk at the bottom it's like oh yeah by the way if you're developing a game for the apple tv it has to be compatible with like bluetooth controllers or something and or no it was the apple remote right yeah like, that was all a the bad games had time. To be, let me tell you that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but like but are they gonna have the same requirement like obviously i can't play most games that i'm playing on my phone on my computer because of the lack of a touchscreen. you know so how am i going to get those dual inputs or you know if I need to do two things at once without a dedicated controller, like I'm just thinking like I'm trying to think of another game where I have to use two fingers at once, but I can't think of one off the top of my head and I don't have them all on my phone, like balloons maybe, but man, you could do that with one click, I guess. So I don't know. Maybe most stuff you could, right, but I like mean, I, on yeah, most be modern MacBooks, you know, you know what I mean? You do have like a giant trackpad for input. Oh, yeah. You know, the trackpad could substitute for the screen. And, you know, they did have that functionality where you could mirror your phone to the Apple TV and then your phone was basically the controller. Huh. 
<laughs> I just, it just had it just had a little brain fart right there, <laughs> like a revelation. <laughs> See, times like these really make me wish we worked for Apple. And I know we would have had to sign an NDA, but who cares? I would have just said it anyways. Yeah. But oh my gosh, it's just it's crazy to me because the Mac is just like, uh, dare I say, really in this day and age, it's become the ugly duckling, you know, to a degree. And it's like, how does it fit into all of this? And it's like, if there are arm based Macs coming because like they have to be, you know, how, how does it interface into all of this? And it's like, you know, I, I definitely think that there could be an arm based MacBook to start things off or whatever. But, um, to me, I just feel like, I don't know, this is me totally, you know, we should make a theme song just because you did it in the last episode with the <laughs> Note 9, I uh, tinfoil hat time. Yeah, tinfoil hat time. <laughs> um, yeah. I definitely feel like there's got to be a tinfoil uh, hat time. Uh, Apple has to be making a Mac iOS hybrid device. I don't know if it runs a new OS or whatever, but I literally feel like they have to be developing a device with a keyboard with a touch screen that runs some kind of interface system that perhaps also has a pointing device like a trackpad or a mouse with it mm-hmm. that is totally going to interrupt you know the the computing space yeah yeah they yeah i agree i don't know yeah there's no way that they're going to have all this convergence without having a device that's going to be able to fully utilize that Definitely, man. Well, I guess, you know, we're we're going to have to find out more. WWDC isn't all that far away. I think that's in uh, June, first or second yeah, week usually, of June. Yeah, usually June. Yeah, uh, too bad uh, we don't get invited. No, we're not we're not there yet, you know. Maybe maybe some of our listeners have some pull. Yeah, definitely. You know, or, you or know what would be is. great? What if Phil Schiller listened to this? Oh, dude, Phil, if you're hearing this. Listen. Come on, man. <laughs> God. All right, man. Well, uh, what do you think? You got anything else to add on Project Marzipan? Uh, no, I think I think we're probably going to get a little tease in June, and then I think we're going to get maybe the full entree in uh, in September or October. Yeah, the fall. We know the it'll fall. be the fall. It seems yeah. like that's the way they tease us anymore, but I don't that's know. Right. I'm just, uh, if I can really capstone the whole thing, just I'm excited for it. You know, there's a lot of great iPhone and iPad apps that I really like. And if the Mac can get more love than what it's been getting, I I think that's great. I just, I hope they can pull it off and it works as well as it seems like it's going to, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. Made well. Uh, if you made it this far, ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, hopefully, uh, if you can, give us a like, give us a subscribe, um, share it. I don't know, whatever you're feeling. Uh, Dakota, uh, tell the good people where they can find us. Oh, any if you're listening to us now, you can go to your other favorite podcasting platform. Um, I think we're not on iHeartRadio yet, but we're on Google Play, um, Podcasts. Uh, and most other of your favorite apps will pull from the, those repositories. So if you're on po- uh, Pocket Casts and like Castbox, we're on those other third-party ones as well. 
So you can find us there. Then also, of course, our personal emails, dakota at downtonerd.com and chris at downtonerd.com. Um, email us directly. We've got the Twitter. We've got the Facebook. So uh, whatever you're feeling, whatever your is, is your uh, media inlet, we will be there. Well said, Dakota. Also, I have to <laughs> add in uh, one last touch here. Go to downtonerd.com. Dakota pretty much took the reins on that, and it looks great. It looks great on your computer, and it looks great on your phone, too. Um, And there you can find our, well, our two YouTube videos. We kind of held back a little bit on putting everything together, but uh, we'll get back on the track. Dakota's got a shiny, well, two shiny new master's degrees, and... Oh, yeah. uh, So... We'll uh we'll definitely get some YouTube content there, but you can also listen to the latest podcast there as well, which I guess is a little bit of an inception to put in this because at this point in time, this is the newest podcast. But <laughs> um, you know, that's a uh, a future down to nerd problem. But right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh man, but uh, thanks thanks so much for listening. Uh, and I know we've got a few listeners. I know they got to be out there. We look at the statistics. We got like thirty oh, yeah. thirty downloads, right? Oh yeah, we know we know you're there. You gotta speak yeah. up. Yeah, speak up. Listen to Dakota. He's a man of authority. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Alright, well, thanks so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll catch you next time on Down, Down to Nerd. God, you're so good at singing. Individual results may vary. When it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing, painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer. I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones, and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best. That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments. It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely gone and the procedure happened so fast. For over 35 years, women and men have been enjoying healthy, strong, and youthful-looking legs thanks to Vein Clinics of America, like gold medalist Misty May Trainer. Vein Clinics of America work for me, and they can work for you, too. Call Vein Clinics of America now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Most treatments are covered by insurance. 800-307-4200. That's 800-307-4200. 800-307-4200. Individual results may vary. When it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing, painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer. I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones, and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best. That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments. It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely gone, and the procedure happened so fast. For over 35 years, women and men have been enjoying healthy, strong, and youthful-looking legs thanks to Vein Clinics of America, like gold medalist Misty May Trainer. Vein Clinics of America work for me, and they can work for you, too. Call Vein Clinics of America now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Most treatments are covered by insurance. 800-307-4200. That's 800-307-4200. 800-307-4200. Napa know-how. Why should you get a five-quart jug of Napa conventional oil plus a Pro Select oil filter for fifteen ninety-nine? Because the dog days of summer are just as hard on your engine as they are on you. So get your five-quart jug of Napa conventional oil plus a Pro Select oil filter for just fifteen ninety-nine. 
Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 19.